If you've got a Bible with you tonight, uh, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. This is healing meeting. And so, what happens at a healing meeting? (laughs) I'm not saying for a moment that something else couldn't happen, but I would be kind of disturbed if we had a healing meeting and there was no healing. I mean, that's misrepresentation, isn't it? Isn't that false advertising? If we say healing meeting and there's no healing, but I'm not worried about it. Just want you to know up front, I'm not concerned that uh, that possibly nothing would happen. <laughs> I'm not really concerned in the least bit that we could lay hands on a bunch of people and nothing would happen. I've never seen that happen before. I've, we've been doing these healing meetings for, if my memory serves me, more than two years now, all right, and we've never had a bad one. <laughs> Say, well, what constitutes a bad one? Well, people <laughs> not getting healed. In other words, in my mind, if the offering's big, the worship is outstanding, the preaching is off the chart, and the healing is non-existent, that's a bad healing meeting. It might have been a good worship meeting, (laughs) might have been a good giving meeting or something like that, but a bad healing meeting, all right? So when I say we've never had a bad healing meeting, what does that mean? We always have many, 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 many healings in the meeting. (laughs) Two things that are necessary for a healing meeting. (laughs) We have to get together. We have to meet, and there has to be healing. Otherwise, it wasn't a healing meeting. Amen. So I'm just setting you up so you know what to expect. And uh, (laughs) I mean, if you were having a night of prayer, what would you expect to do? Pray. And if you had a night of prayer and nobody prayed, you'd think, what in the world is going on around here? Right? And if you had a healing meeting and nobody got healed, something would be wrong, seriously wrong with that meeting. But thank God, uh, the healer is in the house. And I'm not talking about me or any person. Uh, We are vessels, and he is the healer. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he good? And so uh, I want to take a look at a a few different things from the Word of God to help you out. If you've come in need of physical healing in your body tonight, uh, oh, happy day. (laughs) I tell you what, this is the best day of your week. I mean, if you're hurting now, get ready because it's about to leave you. If you've come in with pain, you're going out without pain. If you come in with a problem that was bigger than you or maybe bigger than your doctor, I want you to know that Jesus has never seen a problem too big for him. And we're not just leaning on our own strength or wisdom. I know a little bit and you know a little bit, but nothing in compared to what he knows. And, uh, you know, when it comes to healing, actually, I can't do a thing in and of myself. Without him, I can do nothing. But I'm not without him. Thank you, Lord. I'm never going to be without him. And so we know that all things are possible tonight. And so, say, what's the goal? Are you shooting for like 50% or 60% of the people to really get their healing that need it? And uh, absolutely not. 
Okay, unless, unless the Bible tell, told me somewhere that Jesus bore 50% of our disease on the cross. It, or if he even bore 99.9% uh, of our disease. No, but how many know he took it all? Every single bit of it. The work was fully complete. And there's, so there is not one single exclusion. All right. There is no person who is disqualified here from receiving their healing. Not a person is disqualified, right? All right. So I said, well, how can you say that? You don't know me. You don't know that what's in my heart. You don't know the things that I do. Well, I would tell you this. If you're coming based upon you, it's, it, it doesn't work. But if we're coming based on him, he is the qualification. Amen? God's free gift to all. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27, uh, it says, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. Blind men. Is blindness pretty serious? Is, is that pretty difficult? I mean, that's one of those harder miracles, right? No, let's have our minds renewed. Might be a big deal, certainly. If a person's blind, that's a big deal, but not a more difficult healing. Amen? Now, we think sometimes in terms of med- the medical profession. We think, well, you know, if it's, a, if it's an easy thing that they've seen a lot, they, you can take this medicine and it goes away. Or, or that's a, uh, what do they call it when you go in for a surgery and then come out the same day? An outpatient surgery. That's an easy one. And then there are some things that are more hard, maybe brain surgery or something. Well, we're thinking naturally, though, and that is true in the medical field. We're talking about the Lord though. Okay? He has no more difficulty doing brain surgery as he does uh, getting rid of a headache. Okay? No more difficult. We must see these things through God's eyes, through his ability. Amen. It is all really, really, really easy really easy okay Matthew where are we at Matthew 9 we just read the blind part okay 27 two blind men followed him crying out and saying son of David have mercy on us and when he had come into the house the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them do you believe that I am able to do this they said to him yes Lord Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no man knows it. All right. And so, looking at this in a little more detail, they used some language that we might not be used to using. First of all, when he saw these guys... And they followed him, and they cried out after him, saying, Son of David. What does that mean when they said, Son of David? No one has ever ever called me Son of David. In fact, my dad's name is Adrian. People don't even call me Son of Adrian. <laughs> Let alone Son of David. But you know, Jesus naturally speaking we know the, of, of course with the supernatural element of his birth which is uh, of course mary was 
um, receive the Lord by the Holy Ghost, okay? But naturally on the earth, Jesus' dad was Joseph. And Jesus didn't interrupt here and said, son of who? No, my dad's Joseph. (laughs) Or in literal terms, no, my dad is God. My dad is the father. Son of David was an accurate description of who he was because he was a descendant of David. But more than that, what this is speaking of is they were acknowledging his call. They were acknowledging him not just after the flesh, but according to the promise, according to the call and gift and anointing of God, that's how they were viewing him. That is very helpful, okay, when we have to deal with things like this. Let me give you this reference. I'll I'll read it to you. Matthew 22, 41 and 42 says, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. The son of David. That's who they understood Jesus to be prophetically by the Old Testament prophets and what they had predicted that Jesus would be the Son of God. And so them referring the blind guy saying, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. They're not just saying Jesus. They're acknowledging uh, the promises of the Old Testament that he is literally a fulfillment of Scripture. Okay, this principle is likewise necessary for us today when we are receiving through people. Amen. And that is this, that we recognize that there is more to receiving from God than oftentimes just a straight reception from God. And if I'm going to be having someone else minister to me, lay hands on, pray over, something like that in my life, I must see them for more than what I see of them. In other words, in my situation, with us here tonight, if I lay hands on you, you must see more than the son of Adrian. Or you must see more than Mark from Boise. Right? There must be, and and listen, this is true concerning all of us to some degree as believers, but I, I must acknowledge, and I have to do this of myself, not that it's so difficult, but I purposely stir myself up and acknowledge the gift of God. I acknowledge the anointing. In fact, I did that even, even today. I, I walked around for a little bit and I said, thank you, Lord. That God has anointed Mark of Boise with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he goes about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. For God is with him. Someone might think, that sounds kind of arrogant. Aren't you supposed to say Jesus? Because that's Acts 10.38. No, I'm stirring my faith so I'm not conscious of me in the natural. Because I know that's just me. I know me. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) But I also know God and what he's able to do and what he can do in me. And I want to be conscious of him. 
And you want to be conscious of him in your own life. And if you're being ministered to through another person, you want to be conscious of the call or anointing the gift of God in that person. So that you can receive something supernatural and not just natural. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so these guys said, son of David. And so they were calling him, in essence, the Savior. They were calling him the anointed one. And, uh, and they were basically expressing their faith that he could heal them. I, I, I think it's interesting. They didn't even cry out, son of Joseph, the carpenter. But how many know that really had nothing to do with their eyes being opened? And if they just saw him as son of Joseph the carpenter, we know what happens when a person does that. Because he went in Mark chapter 6 to his own hometown where he grew up and they did exactly that. They said, isn't this the son of Joseph? Mary and Joseph and aren't his brothers here? And they were offended. Who in the world does this guy think he is? It's not about who he thinks he is. It's about who he is. <laughs> it's not about some, something like that. They just saw him naturally. And you know what happened there. If, if you don't know, read that scripture, uh, that passage. But it says there he could do no mighty work. In other words, they shut him down. They shut the Son of God. And Jesus was just as anointed. The Spirit of God didn't leave him. But they shut down what he was able to do because they viewed him only in the natural all right and we must see beyond that and so these blind guys again they said son of david have mercy on us i think it's interesting that these guys and this is a lesson that we can learn an attitude that we can have because we know the end result i like to hear from people who got healed all right you know if if you didn't get healed if you know someone who didn't get their miracle and you need one don't talk to them are you listening now, if they're wanting help, you can be a help to them. But if you're in a situation where you need a miracle, you need something from God, don't surround yourself with people who don't get anything. You want to be around people who get answers to their prayers, <laughs> who are able to lay hold of things. And uh, that's why we have stories like this in. We know the end result. These guys got healed. Their eyes were opened. So I want to learn from their story. What was their attitude? What was um, uh, their position of faith when they were going to get their miracle because they got it amen and here's what it was uh, looking back at the passage again they were crying out to him verse 28 says and when he had come into the house the blind man uh, the blind men came to him get the picture here let's try to imagine for a moment jesus is cruising down the road walking you know that's their mode of transportation a lot uh, walking and these blind guys are, uh, are crying out and calling out to him. Apparently, Jesus didn't stop. Hmm? Because it says when he came to the house, they had to follow him in there. So they're saying, son of David, son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And he keeps walking. How many know some people who would get a little bit irked with that? Well, who is this guy? Here we are, blind, we're calling for help, and he ignores us. All right, that is sometimes a position people take so quick to take offense, to be upset about the way something happens. But how many know if, if those guys would have said, ah, oh, bless God, we don't need him, we'll find son of somebody else. 
right? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do something else. They knew there wasn't anything else, and so they knew their miracle had gone into the house, their answer, their solution, and so they didn't stand out there and get upset about the way they thought it would be, all right? Oftentimes, there are, there are situations where people want it to be a certain way, and I don't know if maybe God in His all-knowing knows that. Well, of course, He does know it, but maybe that's because He does it different. I don't know, but I think of, I think of Syrian, uh, the Syrian army guy. Remember him? Uh, what was his name? Na- Naaman. Naaman, the le- guy with leprosy. Isn't that the right army? Yeah. And he had leprosy, and of course, he heard there was a, a man of God, a prophet in Israel, and he, he, he came uh, over there to see him. And, of course, what he expected was the prophet to wave his hand and for the leprosy to all go away. And he was quite surprised when the, when the, the man of God told him to go take a bath, <laughs> to go dip seven times in a dirty river, right? And, and for, for a while there, he wasn't going to do it. He, he reasoned within his own mind and thought, well, who in the world does this guy think he is? Why would I have to do that? What does that have to do with being healed? <laughs> well, obedience does. And acting in faith on, a, on something the Lord says has everything to do with being healed. But he could have missed it. You know, the end of that story, of course, he did obey and he did get healed. But he was tempted to not do it. All right. Maybe these guys were even tempted to say, ah, we tried. I guess it's just our lot in life. We're blind. I mean, some people are poor. Some people are short. Some people are tall. Some people are whatever, blind. (laughs) They could have just accepted, but they said no. They called, no response. They called, Jesus didn't stop. They said, let's go after him. That's a good attitude. That's the heart and attitude of a person who gets something from God. They're not easy gonna, easily going to quit. They're not going to give up. If, if, if something doesn't happen exactly the way they thought it would, or it, they're saying, well, we're going after this. There is nothing that's going to keep us from seeing today. He's the healer, and here we are. There's the son of David. He's got an anointing. He's got a, a healing power in his life, and we're going to get our healing today. Faith will not quit, and faith doesn't take offense that's interesting now jesus said to them uh is there in the 28th verse again he said to them do you believe that i'm able to do this what if they have said no i think if they would have said no this wouldn't be in the bible I think when uh, Matthew was recalling the events of Jesus' life, and uh, he'd have got to that one and thought, oh, you remember those two blind guys? I had no faith. Let's not write about them. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go on to the guys who, who, who got it. Uh, but d- did their answer matter? Their answer very much mattered. When Jesus said, do you believe that I am able to do this? Their answer of yes uh, was key to their receiving what it what it did it basically showed that these guys had faith let me bring out a little side point here for a moment these people have faith these these two guys these two blind guys they have faith and are blind 
Do you believe that I am able to do this? Believe means faith. They believed and they were blind. Something more than believing is necessary and that is something to act on. Faith must be put into motion. It can be through the laying on of hands. It can be, of course, Jesus was the point of that anointing going into them. But they had faith. There are some times when people have faith. Another situation that was similar to this is over in Acts 14. Why don't we, why don't we just take a look at that real, real quick? Hold your finger there because we may come back. Uh, in Acts Chapter 14, and uh, in verse 8, it says, And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed... Let's pause there for a moment. Seeing that he what? Had faith to be healed. Is the guy healed? The guy is not healed, yet he possesses faith to be healed. He was listening to Paul preach. Paul's preaching put something in him. What was that? Faith to be healed. In other words, he believed the things that he was being told. Obviously, Paul was telling him, Jesus bore your sickness and so forth. He took it on the cross, and, and by his stripes you were healed. He was teaching that type of message. This guy got faith to be healed, but was still not healed until Paul said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And what did the guy do? And he leaped and walked. When did the guy get healed? I tell you, he got healed when he stood up. When, he t- when Paul gave him the command, he recognized, you've got faith, but you must act on it. You must do something. And as soon as he did what Paul told him to do, instantly his faith produced a miracle. Laid hold of the miraculous. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Acting on your faith is a very important thing to do. Whether it's following Jesus into the house... Whether it's, whether it's never quitting and never giving up when something seems to pass you by, you go after it. Whether it's like the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Whether it's this crippled man who has to act on a word that just says, Get up! Man, stand up! Get on your feet! But that was impossible. It was impossible for him to stand up, wasn't it? Naturally speaking, it was. But that's where... A step of faith says, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm actually going to do it anyway. Remember Jesus told the one man in the, in the, in the temple that one, that one day in the synagogue on the, on the Sabbath day who had the withered hand, and he told him, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. And when the guy, well, how, how, how do you stretch out a withered hand? Well, you can't. If it's, I don't know what it exactly looked like, but if it was withered, you know, it didn't have functionality. He couldn't do what normally would do. But maybe his step of faith was, I'm just going to stretch it out. And when he did, power of God came there. It's like when a person is filled with the Spirit. 
When a person is baptized in the Spirit, and maybe someone prayed with you or prayed for you, and you got filled with the Spirit, and the first thing they told you was, we're going to pray, we're going to lay hands on you, something like that. And as soon as we're done, because I, I say this when I pray with people, start speaking in tongues. Well, what's the first thought to the average human being? What am I going to say? <laughs> right? I had that thought. <laughs> people, do, well, what am I going to say? How many know that's where faith comes in? What do you do? You say anyway. You stretch out your, but I can't stretch out my hand. You get up, but I can't get up. Do it anyway. That's how faith people operate. That's how faith brings supernatural things into the physical realm. We do what we can't do. We step out on what makes zero sense to do. And I'm just going to go ahead and speak. And woo, there it comes. I'm going to go ahead and stretch out my hand. And whoa, there it is. I'm going to go ahead and get up. And wow, there's the power of God. Amen. We're either talking about something supernatural or we're not. <laughs> and since we're all convinced or being convinced that these things are a reality and they change things in the physical realm, we might as well go ahead and act on it. Amen. Take a step of faith. What couldn't you do before? <laughs> What was impossible to you before? I'm telling you what, a step of faith makes all things possible. Because we're not acting just on some flippant thing. We're not talking about stepping out on, on something we have no word on, where someone's just being foolish, someone's just being crazy. We're stepping out on the living word of God, where, he, where the Lord has promised and provided these things for us. And so it's very important that you know what you believe. Jesus identified where these guys were. Right? He said, do you believe? Not to what do I believe about you. What do you believe about you? What do you say? What's your response? What do you say about what you believe? And they said, without hesitation, yes, we believe. And Jesus said, good. Here you go. Bam. It's yours then. It's that easy. It is really that simple. Your faith he said, we'll make you whole. And all of our beliefs, beliefs are based on the Word of God. Amen? And so the Scripture says, then He touched them. What do you mean, then He touched them? He touched them after they said what they believed. That's a good, that's a good, uh, good practice. First you say, then you pray. First you say it, then you get it. Is it important for us to verbalize what we believe? Oh, yes, and Jesus got them to do it. Jesus got them to do it. What do you say about yourself? Amen. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what do you say about your condition? What do you say about your physical body? What do you say about, if you're, if you're about to receive healing here tonight, what do you say about it? If I say, do you believe that you'll be healed when hands are laid on you? What's your answer? <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> Say, what if I'm uncertain? Say it anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm tell, I don't mean that just your word overrides your heart, but I mean you're heading in the right direction anyway because this, that's where the answer is, that, uh, that uh, the answer is yes to this. If we say no, I would really encourage you, don't even be prayed for because I don't want to disappoint you. All right, and not like this is so hard. Well, I, I got to have this really hard, big faith and everything like that. No, it's not. That, it's not difficult like that. Very, very simple. This could be the first time you've ever heard this, and you could have uh, plenty of faith 
to grab hold of what might seem to be the largest miracle in the natural realm. This is not something that takes a long time to build up to. Well, I need to think about this for a few months. Well, you don't really. You can literally just believe it right now, like the crippled guy who heard Paul preach, and he said, yeah, sounds good. And before you know it, Paul was yelling at him. Because the guy's agreeing with the message in, in his heart. He's thinking, yeah, yeah, this is, ju- this is true, this is right, this is good. And then Paul's calling him out, stand up, buddy, get up, okay. Before you know it, he's walking out of the meeting thinking, what did I get myself into? Look at this. I mean, they drug me in here, and now just a few minutes later, I'm walking out. What an amazing thing. I'm telling you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not hard to get to this place. It's not difficult to get to a yes. It's not some big ordeal and some overhaul that has to happen in your life. Well, I got so much to deal with. No, you don't. Just say yes. Just purpose in your heart to believe the message. Believe the word. Believe what Jesus has said concerning us. Amen. Amen. Man, there's so much more here. Let me just, let me just share a little bit more with you, and, and then we'll, we'll minister and lay hands on those who have need of it tonight. But this language here where he said, uh, son of David, what was the next phrase? Have mercy on us. Now, that, that almost sounds strange to our, our modern day minds. Have mercy on us. Because that's typically not the way that we use the word mercy. We think have mercy. Well, no, have healing on us. <laughs> isn't that more what we would say uh, if someone came to our service tonight and they said maybe they maybe they came and they were blind or had some other infirmity and they said uh and we asked well, why are you here and they said pastor uh i need mercy so a lot of people would correct them no no you need healing you don't need mercy you need healing <laughs> well in their mind it was the same thing Do you see this? When he said, son of David, have mercy on us, Jesus didn't correct him and say, oh, no, 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 no. It looks like you're more needing a healing. I mean, you need mercy and stuff for your sins, but really what you need is healing here. Jesus didn't correct him. And so in the mind of Jesus, healing and mercy were the same. In other words, when a person gets healed, it is God having mercy on us. Isn't that amazing? I I don't think we'd find too many people who were disagreeing about the fact that God is a merciful God. Now, you will run into people these days, especially in church, who will will question whether the Lord is in the healing business today. There are those who've been taught that Jesus doesn't do that anymore, that He's not a healer. However, if you were to ask and say, Well, does the Lord still have mercy on people? I don't think you'd find anyone, any any believer, that would say, oh, no, 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 mercy's passed away. No, God doesn't do that mercy thing anymore. That was was just for the Bible days. Mercy has passed away. (laughs) And since they wouldn't disagree with the fact that God is still merciful today... Do you know what? In the same breath, they're also saying the Lord is, is the healer today. Just like he would have mercy upon all who would call upon his name. Likewise, he also has healing for all who call upon his name. 
Amen. Are there some that the Lord refuses mercy for? Are there some people who, man, they've just messed up too much. They've been too much of a dirty dog, and they call on the Lord for mercy, and he says, well, later, or maybe never. Not a person would that ever happen to. Likewise, the same thing is true concerning healing. Never is there a person that God puts off. Because just as his mercy is for all, healing is mercy. And so it's all contained in the same thing. Here's a couple of verses of Scripture. Psalm 86 and verse 5 says, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. Could we say that he is abundant in healing to all who call upon him? The word all is very, very important here. Healing, mercy, it is for all. In Micah chapter 7 and verse 18, the Bible says that he delights in mercy. Well, if you delight in something, you spend a lot of time doing that. If you delight in, 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 in playing basketball, well, every chance you get, you're getting out to the court and, and, and shooting some hoops, right? If you delight in, 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 in going skiing, every opportunity you get, you're going to go out to do some skiing. Well, what if you delight in mercy? Well, you're looking for every opportunity. Someone, just please, somebody call on my name so I can show a mercy. What does that mean? God is itching for you to, for you to get healed. The Lord is just excited because he's delight. That's what gives him pleasure. I mean, uh, you know, like people say, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather see people healed than eat breakfast. <laughs> rather see people healed than have, than have lunch or to sleep when I'm tired. Well, that's because uh, they delight in that. They take pleasure in that. And this is one of the things the Lord takes pleasure in. So what does the Lord like to do? Show mercy. What does that mean? Healing all day long for anyone who will call upon his name. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us. Is he rich in mercy? Oh, he's, you're never going to run him dry on mercy. Amen. Say, But I've done the same thing every day for, the, for a month. I'm telling you, you have not exhausted the mercy of God. He have not exhausted his healing power. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. One of his very identifiers. He is known as the God of mercy. I don't know about you, but that stirs my heart because if he's a God of mercy and healing's contained in mercy, here we go. Plenty of it to go around. Let's spread this stuff around tonight. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Let me give you one more. Philippians chapter 2. In fact, if you've got a moment, turn there. Philippians chapter 2. And we'll, we'll, we'll end on that thought, I think, and begin to minister to those who have need tonight. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 25, 2.25 it says, yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Since he was longing for you all and distressed because you had heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick almost unto death. 
But God had what? Mercy on him. Well, shouldn't he have gotten healed? He didn't. He did. That's what he needed. Mercy. You say, you mean healing? Yes. He said, not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. God, Epaphroditus was about to die. The guy's on his deathbed, and God gave him mercy. And what did that mercy do? That mercy kept him from dying. That mercy didn't just forgive his sins. It kept him from dying. But here's another element I want to bring out about this. Sometimes we feel like if something has happened to me that was beyond my control, maybe I picked up a bug or someone else did something to me or the doctor said it was genetic or something like that, then we don't feel responsible for our condition. We're hurting, and it really wasn't our fault, and so we don't actually uh, have to deal with condemnation, all right? However, many things that we deal with, we can directly see that our actions were involved, and it was uh, the reason we're dealing with it was because, because of something stupid that we did. Epaphroditus was one of those. Now, he did it with the right heart. He was endeavoring to go too far and go too fast and never take a break and he was preaching doing the work of the gospel and he ran his body down and because of it he almost died maybe that's one of the reasons the language is used there but God had mercy on him he had healing for him he had mercy for him why it was his fault hmm you may be dealing with the situation sometimes it's financial sometimes of course we're dealing with physical now but you know you did some things where maybe you neglected your own body in some way or maybe you did some things that you weren't supposed to do and now you're suffering the consequences and you feel like well I brought this upon myself and so I don't know can I even really ask the Lord to take care of this I mean I did it to myself it wasn't any other other thing this is the good news God is rich in mercy. And whether it was your fault, whether it was directly tied to something you did or it wasn't, it doesn't matter. God will still have mercy on you. Amen. We need to be experts in mercy, at least until you quit sinning altogether. <laughs> and hopefully we are sinning less and less. But listen, if, if there's sin at all in any person's life, you need to know about God's mercy. Amen. And whatever condition we find ourselves in, it is important to understand that if it, listen, if it's directly related to my actions, I should repent. I should say, Lord, forgive me. I, that was... I blew that. That would be appropriate, okay? However, it's not that now I'm on my own because I did it my, made my own mistake. It's not that I'm, well, I'm never on my own. You see the balance here? It's not that this is a license to just go ahead and mess yourself up and God will always fix it for you. Well, you know, you're still going to be messed up and need fixing. But God is a merciful God. And if you're coming to Him with a heart of, this is, this is on, on your mercy, not on my goodness. I tell you what, you qualify. Hallelujah. 
qualify for God's best for his healing amen thank you Lord father tonight we thank you for doing good things in our in, in this place I thank you that just as the blind guys were healed Lord we respond positively to that same question here tonight we believe that you're able we see beyond the natural we see beyond the physical and Lord we lay hold of tonight and receive healing power receive open eyes receive corrected lens in our eyes we receive hearts opened up and arteries cleaned out Lord thank you for your mercy you have mercy on us and Lord we receive it we believe we receive these things by faith here tonight I thank you for bones being straightened out pain being healed oh for all kinds of problems just leaving bodies here tonight we'll give you all the praise give you all the glory all the honor thanksgiving thanksgiving in Jesus mighty name